Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple line, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome. October 24th, 2017, Rome Sports Podcast. Your host, Frank Arone here. It's a pretty awesome night here in terms of the, on the sports scene. We got some, the Wolves going. We got some Wild going. World Series just starting up. Vikes are leading the NFC North. Life is good. Life is good. Uh, other than the picks of the week, <laughs> which we'll get into here. Um, but week seven just concluded in the NFL. And uh, we're heading into week eight here, so the season's just about half over. Uh, let's head out to Vegas and check in with Rob. Crabber, how you doing there today? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, like you said, it's a good day to be a sports fan, Minnesota fan, everything included. So it's uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, let's uh, you know do what we always do and check in and see how uh, last week went. The Weekend Recap. So how was your week seven there as a whole, Rob? I don't know. We kind of talked about before the pod, but pretty frustrating. It seems like I had some pretty good value. I like my plays going into the weekend. We both had that two-unit play on Denver and really had no chance from the start of kickoff. But it's lifeless. Yeah, really lifeless. It's pretty frustrating, but I don't know what you do. You just got to keep hammering away. I'd, one thing I kind of get mad at myself for is just uh, kind of second-guessing myself. I mentioned it, I don't know, a handful of weeks ago when I was on a pretty bad run, but I just... You know, like that night game came, and I was on Atlanta early at four and a half, plus four and a half, or actually I got it at five, and then it obviously got bet down quite a bit, was three and a half pretty much all week, and then by the time it closed, I could have got a flat two and a half, and I'm thinking to myself, this is New England two and a half, which is too low. I think it should be more like in a three and a half range, so I, and I did like the under two, because I got up to bet up to 57, 57 and a half, but then, you know, after I had a, that big play with Denver, I didn't get through, and another play with that Seattle over in the late game to kind of second-guess myself, like I said, and then just kind of stay away. And then, of course, those get home pretty easily. So it's just another deal where I kind of second-guess myself and it ends up, you know, cost me money and it's something I just got to try to learn from. But it's also kind of hard, too, because I don't want to be making decisions but I'm not seeing things clearly either where I keep getting my digging a bigger hole. So it's kind of a, a fine line. Yeah, I know. Me, personally, I went 3-3-2, three, three, and two, which is a huge card for me, eight games. And... uh Got pretty unlucky to push one of those with the Jets when they were pretty much leading the whole time catching the three and then um, got, I don't know, a little bit lucky to push with the Bills who were ahead and then behind and then ended up winning by three. And then uh, of the early games, I was just feeling great, pretty much crushed the whole slate and had just about everything right. And then uh, that two-unit play in Denver and then the Giants came late and then Washington on the Monday nighter went over three and those and kind of gave back all my profits for the week. So it was a little frustrating, but, uh, you know, that is what it is. And I went from being a monster week to just kind of a, a middling week again. So, but I feel like we're kind of, I don't know. I feel like we're rounded into, into form here, even though the results haven't totally been there, but I think we're going to be on a pretty strong stretch here in the, in the closing half of the season here. So, uh, let's do it. Well, yeah, the frustrating part too, for me, is just, I've been, Basically killing closing numbers, I've been getting really good numbers pretty much all year. I really haven't had any worse numbers than I've got. I mean, yeah, release plays, not as much, just my personal plays even, but all all across the board. And perfect example, I had quite a bit of money on that Minnesota under. I got it at 40. I snuck out of 40, but most of the market was at 38, 39. Or 39 when I put in the play, 39 and a half. And then by close, it was as, all the, as low as 38 or 37 and a half. But that meaningless touchdown from... Your boy Joe Flacco, Wacko Flacco, uh, puts that total right over for most people, and I, I I was lucky enough to get a push, but very easily should have stayed under, in my opinion. Yeah, Joey Flacid uh, got to the got you at the window, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
Um, that'll, uh, you know, that'll segue perfectly right into our next segment, uh, you know, getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. So I know that's that's one example there of how you end up getting a push and that under, even though it was pretty much a right side, but at least you got your money back. It's a lot better than and then, then losing it at the end of the day. So even though it's it's pretty frustrating, I know for me both of my pushes uh, was kind of one good and one bad. Uh, the Jets play uh, getting three at Miami. I know personally I actually got that at three and a half, so I ended up winning my bet. It just wasn't super widely available at the time I released it. So uh, you know I released it to the to the you know the public or the clients or whatever at uh, at three. So it's frustrating that it doesn't go down for people that might have tailed that that don't have a ton of outs or different weren't able to line shop. But uh, at least you got a push there, I guess. When count just about through the pick six there late that could have gave it away. And then uh, the other one was the Buffalo game. I know some people that had Tampa getting three and a half there that ended up cashing it, and at least I still got a push even though it was uh, you know a little bit aggravating. It's it would have been more aggravating to get a push if you had Tampa at plus three when you could have had Tampa at three and a half at multiple times throughout the week. So this is a case there where, you know, it should have at worst gone push, uh, push or win, depending on who you're on in that, in those games. So, uh, those were the, the three main instances where the number, uh, apparently mattered a ton this week. So just wanted to mention those here before we get into the week eight slate. Yeah, exactly. And real quick, just that three, Again, shows you how important that key number three is, and didn't look like it was going to come into play in really either of those games. Specifically, that game you had with the, what they're up by two touchdowns, and you're getting three and a half or three, depending on what you got it at. And but yeah, that three is just pretty key, obviously, with that field goal. So I always try to get the best of the number, regardless. Yeah, specifically at the key numbers, like you're saying. So, all right, um, going into week eight here, looks like the buy teams we got are the the Packers, the Titans, the Rams, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Jaguars. Um, it's pretty crazy when you think about that from a couple years ago. You got the, the Jags and the Rams who are in position to potentially win their divisions or make a playoff spot. And then you got, you know, teams like the Packers and the Giants and the Cardinals that are, you know, if not dead already, you know, just about based on their quarterback situations and everything. So it is pretty crazy in the NFL how stuff can, you know, flip around so drastically in the terms of a year or two or even from week to week. Oh, you exactly. got any uh, thoughts on those teams? No, not really much. I don't know. I don't have much to say, I guess. Yeah, we can kind of talk about it once I get off the bye, I guess, and try to just get right to these games this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the first game up is uh, the Thursday nighter. Looks like we got the Dolphins heading to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Looks like the Ravens are laying three with juice at home, Thirty uh, total of 37.5. Yeah, and I figured it doesn't look like you're giving your guess anymore. I'll just, not even t- I'll just take my guess out and just give you my power rating. It doesn't really mean much. I'll just kind of save a little bit of time here for the listener. So yeah, my power rating here is Baltimore minus three. Westgate opened Baltimore minus three, and the look ahead was Baltimore minus four and a half. Since open, a little bit of money came in on Baltimore, seeing some three with juice, three and a half, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I don't know if I love it either. It's just kind of hard to lay points with this Baltimore team right now. So I don't know who who you want to take. It's just uh, <laughs> I think it might be an upgrade from Cutler getting hurt. Getting uh, I shouldn't say an upgrade. I think it's going to be about the same, or maybe a slight upgrade, if anything between Jay Cutler and Matt Moore. So it'll be interesting to see how they play, but it's just a game I really won't be interested to watch, and I don't think I'll have any money on, and even this super low total. But I kind of like Baltimore at three a little bit uh, if I had to lean one way, but now getting bet up a little bit, definitely don't have anything, so I'll be most likely staying away from this game for sure. I kind of like I kind of like Miami a little bit here. I don't think they're great by any means, and you know who knows now that they've won couple games in a row in that game last week they really had no business winning so maybe it'll be a little a slight letdown coming off a division opponent like that not going on the road on a a short week but as as the Ravens have shown here for a few weeks in a row now their their offense just just doesn't seem to work and they're just beat up across the board I got a couple injuries on the line Flacco you know whether it's just him being bad or just not having the weapons or the line to protect them that offense just just doesn't seem good right now which i know is kind of a simplistic you know over or uh you know oversimplification but it just doesn't really seem to the losing the the one thing that would scare me though is that baltimore is kind of 
historically been a big home road split team. But then again, the last time I saw them at home, they were losing to the Bears in overtime in a game which probably shouldn't have even been that close. And then before that, getting blown out at home against the Steelers. And so, you know, you're bucking a little bit of a historic trend going against them. But like like you mentioned, I don't think Matt Moore is definitely, at this point, with how Cutler is playing, not a downgrade. And if anything, I think he could be a slight upgrade. So um, at three, I don't totally love it just because, you know, I've... I pushed two games on three last week, and uh, you know I don't. Miami's on a team that I, I have total comfortability with them, you know, going in and winning easily or, or even winning the game um, outright. So they're a team that I definitely prefer to get that three and a half, which looks like it is, you know, available at a decent amount of places with a little bit of extra juice. Um, so I wouldn't mind taking you know a three and a half minus one fifteen, or or if it, Baltimore money does keep coming, um, I think I'll probably be interested in the Miami side here uh, at some point in the week. Next game, we got another London game, this time with uh, our Vikes involved. Uh, hopefully it will be a pretty boring one with a nice easy win, but looks like the Vikings are laying 9.5 uh, at uh, in London against Cleveland in a total of 37.5. Yeah, boy, is it uh, the total low. I'll get to that. But yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota minus 8. Westgate open, Minnesota minus 8.5. The look ahead line with Minnesota minus 7.5. And a and little bit of Minnesota money, which is not too surprising, I guess, just to fade in this Cleveland team. It's pretty much a repeat of last year. So, um, But, yeah, this total just absolutely rock bottom. And I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's just I don't, I don't, it really can't get any lower. I don't think an NFL total can get much lower than 37.5. So it's just uh, I, I popped on it earlier. I just went over just out of principle. I got 37.5 with some, I think, minus 106 and reduced juice because I saw it ticking up a little bit. But then since it's actually ticked back down, back to 37.5. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I just The Viking offense looked decent last week. I think they had sh- showed some signs of improvement or at least some explosiveness. But this Cleveland, I've I've been on a few overs with them, and not last few weeks, but before that, and they're just just grinding your teeth, either betting on them or asking for them to do anything on offense. It's just super frustrating. So I know it's gonna be a similar thing like that. It's not gonna be something I'm gonna be. I'm not like I said, I'm not gonna be released as a play or anything. But I think I just take it out of principle because I'm hoping they can figure out something or make mistakes. But I uh, don't definitely don't like the side at all. Just way too high, especially with this Minnesota team to be laying. But I mean. That'd be the only way I look under ten. I'm just not going to be. I'm not I'm not going to get on Cleveland side right now, no matter how much value I have. Or I shouldn't say no matter how much, but it's going to have to get up really high basically for them to be back in that Cleveland side. Yeah, I echo those sentiments uh, on the side. I think this is a virtually unbettable side at this price. And in terms of the total, I just yeah, the total's so low. The one thing that would kind of scare me a little bit, is I, I would just lean over like like you said, out of principle basically, just one or two random things happens and you're kind of a shoe in to get over. But I think the, the London games, I don't know about historically, but it seems like they've kind of been lower scoring. I don't know if that's due to travel and being unfamiliar with the field or whatnot, but I think maybe that would play into a little bit. That would kind of scare me a, a touch from, from taking the over in this situation. So what are the three games that have been in London this year? Is the Saints game, which was like 20 nothing against Dolphins. Um, that one last week with the Rams, they won 33 nothing or whatever it was against the Cardinals. And then I guess the one they did get over was that uh, Jacksonville when they beat, beat the Ravens 44-7. But that was kind of a weird game too. So, I mean, maybe there's nothing to it, and that's just a small sample size. But something to kind of to monitor at least this week and maybe kind of keep that in mind for next week if this is another sloppy, low-scoring game. I think if anything, usually they're higher scoring more than I think this year is kind of an aberration from what's. I'm just looking at the scores in the past here, and it looks like a lot of them have gone over. Oh, okay. I think I've heard that in a podcast before too. That it's, it's generally, an, I know going into the season, someone was talking about how it's more of an over type of thing than an under. But yeah, obviously this year it's been more unders than overs, just from what you were saying. Yeah. Well, then again, it seems like the league in general has kind of been on a weird under pace. So, you know, maybe that's just uh, just further proof of what's what's going on this year just in general uh, I, I don't really have anything else to say in this game in terms of the handicapping stance uh well, just as a general vikings question fan or vikings fan question i gotta would, who would you how would you handle the quarterback situation you're going forward if uh as the as a vikings fan with between bradford and uh teddy and and Kane, keenum here 
Well, I suppose, yeah, before we get into that, I think you had a tweak. It, what do you, what's your thoughts on Keenum? Because I, I, I think he's been looking pretty solid and pretty serviceable. You haven't, you haven't liked what you've seen from him or what? No, I, I think he's a good quarter, but I mean, he's a solid, like he's like a top tier backup. And I think he hasn't really done anything bad or, you know, hasn't turned the ball over a bunch and he's, he's managed the game fairly well. I just don't know if their ceiling is necessarily a Super Bowl winning team potentially with Keenum at the helm. So I just, for me personally, I feel like if you get, Teddy or Bradford back where they're, you know, close to healthy or potentially going to be healthy, specifically Teddy, because he's kind of a big question mark since he hasn't seen any action in, you know, a year and a half now. Um, I feel like, especially if they win this game against Cleveland and they get to like six and two coming out of the bye, you got a little bit of wiggle room in the NFC North that shouldn't be too strong. I feel like you got to give Teddy a shot and see if he can kind of play his way into game shape and if he's comfortable in there. I feel like he kind of gives you another dimension, maybe going in the playoffs. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then you go back to Keenum and, you know, take your shot. But then that's kind of my opinion on the deal. No, I agree. I, I think it all just depends on Teddy's health and how he, I mean, we're really kind of just shooting from the hip to see how he's going to be come off the injury and how well he's going to play. I mean, I haven't, unless you've read something insider or local reporter or something that talks about how he's playing and everything, but I haven't, I haven't seen anything or read anything on it yet. So I guess I, I really don't have much of an opinion on what, or what they should do, or you know, strategy-wise with the QB. Yeah, no, they said he's looked good, but you know, who knows? With uh, when you're coming back from a big injury like that, how you're really gonna react until you get into game, you know, game situations and you start taking hits and stuff. So I just feel like it's it's worth the risk. You know, just take. I'm always a big fan of take the bigger upside, and uh, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you know, why try to just kind of inch your way along with? what I feel is a lower ceiling and, you know, maybe you could pull the Denver route from a couple of years ago and win with the, the Manning if you have a great defense, but your margin for error is just so thin in those situations. It's just, it very rarely works out. So, um, you know, I don't know. I say take your shot and if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to Keenum and you're probably, you know, I don't think the Packers are going to really threaten you with Hundley at the helm for the division. And I'm not a big fan of the Lions. So you might be able to back in the division anyway, even if you do kind of screw up a couple games, you know, with a Teddy experiment or bringing Bradford back again. So, anyway, I just want to run that by you quick, see what your thoughts were on that. Um, so now the uh, regular games on Sunday, uh, the early games. First one up we got is Chicago at New Orleans. Looks like New Orleans is a nine-point favorite with a total of 47.5. Yeah, my power rating here was New Orleans minus six, and I knew that was kind of too low. And But my Westgate opened New Orleans minus eight and a half, and the look hit was eight and a half as well. A little bit of New Orleans money just... Which I'm not really surprised again. New Orleans kind of got a big, the public kind of jumped on board again and they're coming home again after taking care of Green Bay pretty handedly. I think they kind of dominated that game throughout. I, I was on a play on the under that got there, but it was definitely, I, I was the least confident out of my plays that I had for the weekend out of the three I had. That was the least confident one that I had. And that one got there and uh, a few points extra fat type of fashion, but I don't know. Yeah, this is another thing. Uh, it's just too high for me here. I, would definitely lean Chicago, but just a, it's just a bad spot, I think. I don't really want to take them away from home. I, I liked them at, at home last week. They, a little bit of value, I thought, just with the, they played so well and played against good teams at home. But on the road here, going down south to New Orleans, it's just a lot uh, a lot different of a monster. And obviously the point spread, is, it's, it's counter for the point spread. It's being this high, but I don't want to be laying the points. But even with Chicago, I think this just kind of has a blowout written all over it. But I'm just not going to be you know back in New Orleans laying this point, this point spread in this point range. But... Then you look at the total, and that's been getting bet down a little bit here. It opened as high as 50 at some shops. Now it's down 47, 47 and a half, 48. So I kind of agree with that under money. That Chicago defense has been pretty good, and their offense obviously been nowhere to be found. But at this point, it's getting a little too uh, too cheap on the, on the on the under. So I will probably be passing this game as well. I would assume. Yeah, this is Chicago. Even though I think Trubisky has a fairly bright future in the long run. They're just a team right now that if they get down early or one bad thing happens or, you know, the, the dome gets rocking down there or Breeze comes out hot, do you really have faith that Trubisky is going to, you know, bring them back into the game and start throwing it around the yard and, you know, stay within this number? It's kind of hard. It's a little bit of a leap of faith, I think, to, to feel like that's going to happen. And then you, you factor in John Fox with as ultra conservative as he is, you know, he'll definitely stick to the game plan and, just keep running and for a while and you know and if the Saints offense is hot they might be fairly early down to a place where 
you're already not even covering, and, and you know I don't have a full whole lot of faith for them coming through the back door. So I, I kind of want to, uh, my I want to take Chicago, but yeah, and then coming off two wins, um, you know the Panthers at home, which they won fairly easily, and then at overtime game at the Ravens, it just seems like there's definitely potential for them to go back on the road and get blown out, kind of a little bit reminiscent how they did week two at the Bucks where they had that close game against the Falcons week one, and then they come back and go on the road and, and just get absolutely trounced. Um, I think that's definitely possible. But at the same time, I, I hate laying this many points, and it's the Saints team I don't totally trust either, even though they've looked better. There's a ton of people getting on the Saints bandwagon now, talking about them being top five in the league and you know their defense has figured it out. And I, I think they have a little bit of potential, but I, I wouldn't count me as in, in as a buyer at that level at this point. So this, this is just a pretty healthy price to be laying. Um, so I most likely won't be involved in this game, but if you force me to take a pick, I'd just take the points with Chicago and, and hope they can keep it close. But I won't be putting any of my hard-earned money on that. Uh, next game we got is Atlanta at the Jets. Looks like uh, Atlanta's laying four, four and a half, uh, total of 46. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, this is before Sunday Night Football, like I always do, I do it during the midday games, the afternoon games, whatever you want to call it, and my power rating here, Atlanta minus 5, Westgate open, Atlanta minus 6.5, and, and the look ahead lines, Atlanta minus 7, and like, like I said, I did all these numbers before the Sunday Night game, so after they looked pretty pretty awful during the Sunday Night game, this came down a little bit, and just, you know, the offense not showing up, and defense kind of just not... Not horrendous by any means, but definitely not good. And a lot of that's probably just the New England offense. But another game here where I I don't I don't know how anybody could lay the points here with Atlanta. I mean, but I mean, spot wise, it might be a deal where they come in and are kind of need to play, not to save their season by any means, but they're kind of getting closer to that point after they they started off okay, but then they've lost some games here late and just kind of been like last you know last Sunday night too. They just really had no chance from the start I, I was on them so I know know all about that but it weren't very competitive is what it comes down to and then they had to deal with that fog in the second half which was another crazy deal but um as for this game it's just another uh, you know this whole card this week it just kind of feels the same way I just don't really feel too confident on any side and uh haven't moved on anything yet but I the only way I could look would be taking the points with the Jets but I really don't want to do that and especially when it's this low right now at four, four and a half. I see one rogue five out there, but I, yeah, I just don't, can't really make much of it. So I'm just going to have to pass and, and, uh, not, can't do anything with it. Side or total. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Everybody in the world knows or seen how bad Atlanta's looked and just talked about how horrible their offense looks and how bad Sarkeesian is. And so, I mean, that, that cat's out of the bag. It's not like you're going to be sneaking up on anybody with, with a hot take like that. Whether they can get it, you know, straightened out, you know, who knows? You think at some point they'd have to have a, a decent game because they really haven't looked good in weeks. Yeah, specifically but, that uh, offense. At the same time, I'm, yeah, exactly. Specifically from an offensive standpoint, um, but at the same time, I'm not going to sit there and bet them on the come, hoping that they get it figured out when they're laying points on the road like this. Then I just don't trust them. Uh, the it would be this would be a, a spot where I'd definitely be interested in the Jets if I felt a little bit more confident in them or, or the spot they were in. But you know, that, coming off two division rival games and uh, a couple of fairly close losses, and then the way they collapsed last week, who's to say if they're going to come back strong? And the week be, and the week, week before or? almost though too with against New England that? against the, the week before against with England New England too, and so two weeks in a row yeah. they collapsed. Yeah, exactly. So who's to say if they're going to come back strong with a good effort or if they're going to kind of get discouraged and, you know, maybe roll over a little bit, specifically if they get down early? Um, you know, who knows? Um, that's just not a, not really a game where I have a whole lot of confidence in betting either side. And I just don't really want part of either side because it feels like you're, you're kind of buying low on Atlanta. If, or if, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, just, I don't want to. I don't want to back Atlanta, but it also seems like you're, uh, you know, selling pretty low on them. So it's just not a great spot. And then the Jets, I just don't have a lot of faith of them, even in this short price range. So I'll be on the sidelines on this one. Uh, not really a whole lot of interest. Uh, next game up is Carolina at Tampa Bay. A little NFC South showdown. Uh, Tampa Bay looks like they're laying two at home. The total of forty-four and a half. 
Yeah, my power rating here was a pick. The Westgate opened Tampa Bay minus 2.5, and, and the look headline was Tampa Bay minus 1.5. It's a little bit of Carolina money, just a tad coming in, but uh, not a whole lot of movement. And that'd be the side I'd look at, would be the Carolina side. I've kind of, I was on them for, it might be a few weeks now. I don't think I released them as a play last week. I'm not sure about the week before, but I know I've definitely bet on them the last two weeks, and they just haven't looked very good. I think specifically that offense is just kind of, their defense actually looked pretty, pretty decent. I mean, they played Philadelphia two weeks ago and struggled a little bit, but I think it's that, especially after seeing last night with that Philadelphia team, they just look like a pretty solid team, which obviously everyone's aware of that now. But, uh, then, you know, last week, even though the score was, what, 17 to 3, I think, that it was two, two defensive touchdowns. So their defense really only gave up three points. So this defense has been playing pretty good, the, the Panthers, that is. And, um, with Tampa, they've been kind of a little bit of a loose cannon on defense. They haven't really stopped a whole lot, of, whole lot. And if, if this be a time for, I think, the Carolina's offense and Newton to get back on track, but it's one of those deals, kind of like you said about betting on the come. I'm just not sure if there's some more problems that are deeper there or if it's just, you know, it's kind of tough to tell. But that'd be the side I'd look at is Carolina getting it back on track. But I was kind of hoping to see if it get up to three, and I'm not sure if it will or not. But if it does get up to three, I think it'd be worthy of a play, but not a, not a strong play by any means. Yeah, I think we're in agreement here again. Uh, I highly doubt it gets to three. If it does, I'll definitely be on Carolina. And I'll likely be on them for a some amount, even at this two or else, you know, I'm a money line of plus money. Um, even though I don't love it or I'm not su- supremely confident in it. I mean, what, what's the best game Tampa's played? I mean, other than week two when they blew out the Bears, you know, at, at home. I mean, other than that, they, they beat the Giants by two in a game that they very easily should have lost or, you know, could have lost and probably should have lost. And they hung somewhat tight with the Patriots in a weird Thursday night game. They got blown out by the Vikings. They only lost to the Cardinals by five, but there was a game where I know I was on them in that game and they were basically never in it. And then, I mean, I guess last week against the Bills when they only lost by three there and could have, could have won that game. That's probably the best game they played in a long time. So. Um, I just don't think the Tampa's that good of a team. This is what it comes down to. And I don't think they're getting priced as a great team, but I think there's still, it seems like every year, in the last couple of years here, there's been a ton of support for Tampa coming into the year. And it just seems like the markets, it takes them a long time to totally sour on Tampa. So this, uh, them still being a favorite here against Carolina, who, like you said, has had their own struggles and, and isn't particularly impressive themselves, but I at least think they have a, quite a bit of a higher ceiling than Tampa and and it, at least I can count on their defense for the most part and if their offense does get it going I mean it's a, a great price here and even if they don't get it going I still think you have a decent chance to win so I, I like the Carolina side of this equation I think uh, that's the way I'll be looking next game is San Francisco at Philadelphia uh, looks like Philadelphia is laying 13 or so at home with a total of 47 47 and a half yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia minus 8. The Westgate opened, Philly minus 10.5. The look-ahead line was Philly minus 10.5. And, and after that Monday night performance, again, I did this before Monday night, but um, just a barrage of uh, Philadelphia money. And now sitting at 13 across the board pretty much, except for a few 12.5s. But, I'd, I mean, it's got to go up. I don't I don't see any – I don't know when the San Francisco money is going to come, but it's, if it's got here this quick, I'm assuming it's going to keep coming, so – who, who knows how high I can get here, and uh, obviously not going to be laying this point point spread with Philadelphia basically buying as high as he possibly can right now after a big, was this, two primetime big games in a row that they've looked really impressive on and kind of blown out their opponent and won the games in very handedly fashion, and Wentz has looked really remarkable. I mean, he couldn't really buy, he couldn't really you know set up a spot for Philadelphia to be bought any higher right now, so this was a decently bad, not not a bad spot, but it's just they can't, they can't really play any better type of deal. So, I mean, it really had, can go anywhere but down. But then again, San Francisco's not in a great spot either, I don't think. They've played some tough games and a lot of close games, obviously. Then last week against Dallas, they kind of got blown out. But they still got to, you know, travel on the road in early early slot here, uh, traveling uh, west to east, so an early game. So, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, I'm not sure who the quarterback is either. Just a lot of question marks. And, I mean, that'd be the only side I'd have to look at is San Francisco, and we'll see how high it gets. But I'm definitely... If I do bet this game, it's going to be late, but I don't know if I'll be involved or not at this point. I'm, I'm not going to be, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, this, this is one that I just don't have a whole lot of betting interest in. Uh, like you said, your Philadelphia is about as high a price stock as you can come up with. 
uh, for being a non like New England, Green Bay, Cowboys, Steelers type team. And San Francisco, I've been on them a handful of times this year, but I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if that blowout last week was just kind of the anomaly and they're going to come back to playing fairly spirited, close games, or if that's just more of things to come. And with teams that are 0-6, 0-7, it's it's tough to figure out if they're still going to play competitive because they, they they basically have nothing to play for now other than, you know, pers- personal pride and, and contracts and stuff going forward. So if you can find a team like this, you're usually going to find some extra points. If, if they find a team that's playing hard still at this point, um, you can finally get some extra points in the point spread and get a little extra value there. And, and you know, they probably have a decent chance to cash. But you can also find teams that are just kind of rolling over and just playing out the string. Uh, even even though it's kind of hard to believe this early on in the season, and in that case, even if there's a couple extra points on you know what the line should be, it's still kind of just throwing good money after bad. So, with the San Francisco team, I'm not totally sure which way they fall yet. So, um, that being said, it's just a game I'm really not that interested in. So, let's just move on to the next one. Next game we got is Oakland at Buffalo. Kind of an interesting game. Um, Looks like Buffalo's laying two and a half here at home with a total of forty five and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Buffalo minus two and a half. The Westgate open, Buffalo minus three. The look at line, Buffalo two and a half. So yeah, I don't know, it's pretty much sitting right at that little pocket, two and a half, three. Um it looks like a little bit of Oakland money came in right away. I I think any threes that were there kinda of get eaten up, but that's what I like. I I look at that side a little bit at Oakland plus three, but I don't really love it by any means, and then, you know, they're not even really available, so it doesn't really matter at this point anyway, but I don't know. That's what I, I guess I lean Oakland, a very small lean, but at two and a half, it's, then you get to the point where I'd almost be like Buffalo. If it gets any lower, I guess I'd be looking more at the Buffalo side. Every, every point lower, half a point lower, I'd be looking more towards Buffalo, so I think it's kind of just right where it is, so I'm not going to try to force it or anything, so I'll just let, leave it alone. Uh, on a side note here quick, just, uh, from the NFL, I'm looking at, uh, the MLB game, the World Series here. And they just showed Seth MacFarlane. I was saying, just for the listeners out there, you should go take a look at him at YouTube. It's pretty cool. I actually happened to listen to some stuff a few days ago. And it's pretty crazy. Are you aware of all the voices and stuff he does? Like, he's just sitting there. I watched one thing where he was doing a live show in front of an audience, and they had all the cast there for the family guy. And he does, like, so many of the voices. And he's sitting there, like, basically talking with all the voices, like, one after another. I kind of figured, you know, he'd take a break or do something but he's honestly like going switching voices from like peter to brian to stewie all these different voices like one after another it's pretty remarkable so i think uh i know it's a side note kind of off topic but i just thought i'd mention it it's definitely pretty some, something you should go take a look at if you haven't seen it yeah it might be shocking to listeners but that's exactly how i do the podcast too i'm actually the frank and rob component of this so <laughs> oh boy <laughs> no for sure I, I actually did see the same thing i was thinking the same thing it's pretty pretty impressive i know that some uh, some of the Simpsons people were like that too. How they can sit there and have a conversation with themselves. I couldn't imagine um, how much talent it takes to do that. But anyway, as far as this game, um, I don't know. I, I just like this Oakland. I I ended up uh, I was on Oakland a little bit personally last week, and they got there, but it was kind of a fluky thing there at the end. Who you know could have gone either way. Kind of a coin flip deal, and uh, they needed it for their season. I know mean, we talked about how the motivational factor was definitely on the Oakland side last week. And then I was on Buffalo, actually, too, and felt kind of fortunate to get a push on that one. So I think I like, I think Buffalo is a better team and I kind of like them. But I also, um, you know, even though it is, you can, you know, you get the two and a half here. That's kind of the way I would look. But I also just kind of get a weird feeling that, uh, you know, Oakland, if they, that, that win that might have sparked them a little bit last week, coming back and winning that shootout against a really good Kansas City team. Um, you know, they, they might, if they can get their offense clicking, even though their defense isn't great, Oakland can be a pretty respectable team. And I feel like they might be able to jump on Buffalo if, if, you know, it kind of plays out right for them. So, uh, that would, that would kind of scare me a little bit as a, if I was trying to back Buffalo here, which is the way I would look, but I, I just don't have quite enough confidence in it. So I'll likely be staying away from this one, but we'll see as the week goes on. Uh, next game is Indy at Cincinnati. Uh, this looks like Cincinnati's land 10.5-11, which is hard to believe off their performance and the way they've looked this year. Um, then total of 41.5-42. Yeah, 
Yeah, this one here, my power rating, I put it seven and a half. Cincy and the Westgate Open, nine and a half, and then the look ahead line. I, I'm not 100 percent sure if it's right, but I looked a few different places, and it's saying it's Cincy minus three and a half. So it's just a huge adjustment. But I, I don't know. That can't. I don't know if that could be right though. But yeah, it's hard to imagine it could be. But I also, based on the way Indy played last week, I could definitely see a pretty big adjustment. Yeah. So anyway, who knows? I'm not. You know, I'm pretty sure that's right, but I'm not. I'm, if it's wrong, I'm, no, my apologies. Yeah, but we- we won't quote you on it. <laughs> yeah, so um, it. I don't know. This is a, obviously just my power ratings. You know, this is an indie indie or pass for me, which is the way I'd be looking. It's just the one problem I had, even when I made this power rating, I wasn't really sure. I just don't know the state of the locker room with that indie team. I don't. They might have just thrown in the towel here and are not going to be putting in too much effort. And if that's the case, I don't. I'm not going to put my my money towards a team like that. I don't care if they're an NFL team or not. But if they're going to throw in the towel, it's just tough to back a team. But it's. But then you look on the other side of the token with Cincy, it's like who, how is this team laying this many points? More than more than ten points, double digits. It's just crazy. I mean, the, they look at how bad they looked on offense last week, and their offensive line problems. You see how frustrated Dalty was. He's throwing the ball on the ground. He's getting sacked every, especially in that second half, uh, fourth quarter. There, just getting hit on every play, and he was just getting super frustrated. And it's just uh, hard to imagine. I mean, it might be a deal where they come out and play a bad defense like Indy, and they can open it up a little bit but even then I mean, if you don't have an offensive line in this league it's just tough to move the ball so that's kind of what it looks like and we'll we'll see but I mean at the same time like I said if Indy's throwing in the towel and not trying I don't want much part of them either so I guess we'll kind of wait and see if I can pick up anything on that if I can get any locker room quotes or any you know reports or anything and in, 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 from the Indy side of things we can kind of wait and see but I mean at this point I'll, I'll probably just gonna be staying away and see what happens I really don't know what to make of this game yeah this I mean, basically, you mentioned it, but this is kind of reminds me a little bit of San Francisco with Indy. Is are they going to try? <laughs> are they just packing it in, or you know, are they I got to get into selfish mode. I know T. Y. Hilton was calling out the offensive line, saying you guys need to block. So you know, that's not really a good sign. I don't know. Who knows if that's just a little blimp on the radar, or if there's something more to that. And I think it's pretty clear Pagano's kind of lost the locker room uh, to some extent, and. Is probably got a short leash. Whether he gets fired now or at the end of the year, who knows? But um, yeah, I think his time in in Indy's probably numbered. So I don't know who. Uh, you know, it's it, there's no way I would ever like you. You couldn't force me at gunpoint. I don't think to to lay ten and a half, eleven with Cincinnati right now. I just I've never been a huge fan of them for most of the season, and I just don't trust their offense at all to put up points. So. I just have no interest in doing that, but at the same time, if uh, you know, if you back this indie team and they like, I bet against them last week with Jacksonville, and Jacksonville played a solid game, but I think Bortles almost had 300 yards at half. It's like if you're giving up 300 yards and a half to play Bortles, I mean, you guys, should, we should just disband the team and and you know get an expansion team somewhere else because that's just just pathetic. And uh, I, I felt good about it, obviously, as you know, my bet was looking good the whole whole game through, but. Um, you know, if, if you backed him this week, full well knowing that's at risk, and then Dalty comes out and throws up 28 in the first half and you're down 28 rip and you have zero chance to get through the back door, you do nothing but just stare yourself in the oh, mirror yeah. and, you know, shake your head there. Um, so, but on, on the same token of the coin though, I, I do think Brissett it can at least get a little bit going offensively. So I, I'd, I'd kind of be almost interested in taking a little over 41. I don't. I don't necessarily love it, and I don't really have like great technical handicapping reasons why. Um, I kind of like that, but I've, I I kind of do just looking at that. I kind of do think forty one is a slightly lower total, uh, you know, for this type of game because I think Cincinnati is going to probably have a pretty good effort this week after losing to Pittsburgh pretty handedly, and uh, especially offensively. There's I think they might be able to put up some points here against this horrid indie defense. So if Indy can just get to like, you know, say 17 points, which I think is, I, I trust Brissett enough to do that, even against a pretty decent Cincy defense. Uh, I think this has a pretty decent chance to get over the total. So I think that's kind of the way I would look. Uh, the last of the early games is the Chargers at New England. Looks like New England's laying seven, seven and a half at home with a total of 48 or so. Yeah, my power rating here, New England minus seven. The Westgate open, New England minus five again before the Sunday night game. And then the look headline was New England minus seven, so came down a little bit, and then they just moved it up basically after that Sunday night performance with New England against the Falcons, put it back up to seven, a little bit of money, seven and a half somewhere in there. So 
I don't really have any beef with that a whole lot. I think that's kind of right where it should be. I mean, I don't know. I, if anything, I think I have to lean towards New England. I just, this Chargers team, what have they won two in a row or three in a row now, whatever it is. And, um, I just, you know, I bet against, bet against them last week and that offense just doesn't, I mean, yeah, Denver's a great defense. So don't get me wrong. You can't tell a whole lot from the offense from last week, but they just haven't really clicked. I've, I've bet a few overs this year on the Chargers and, I just really haven't clicked a whole lot, so I I said, yeah, for me, instead of looking at the side, I'd lean New England, if anything, if you got a flat seven, but even those are kind of hard to get right now, so if uh, if nothing else, I, I already locked it in in my pocket, but I got a under 49 and a half, I think. I've been able to pinpoint these New England totals pretty well. I bet a few overs right away at the start of the year, and those went over pretty easily, and then the last, I think, two or three weeks, I bet the unders kind of assuming they kind of get their defense figured out and not I don't I still don't think they're figured out completely but I think they're definitely better and just like if you look at the numbers guy numbers guys if you look at a you know a stats guy for NFL he's going to look at the whole year of how a, a defense or an offense a yard per play how they're performing and I think the New England's horrific defense at the start of the year is definitely going to skew those numbers a little bit so I think you might be able to get a little bit of value on that but I think the Chargers defense is better, is a little undervalued as well. I think they're better than people give them credit for just a little bit. They got that pass rush. It's pretty, pretty impressive and get to the quarterback. So I think they'll be able to get to Brady a little bit here. And, uh, like I said, I like the under if you can get it at, you know, 48 and a half, 49, something like that, which are still, still a few out there, especially in Vegas. If you can get that under, um, I don't know if I'll release it as a play or not, but I like that. And, and I think, uh, New England's offense, obviously they're pretty good and they look pretty well in form right now, but, I think they might have a little bit more trouble than they did last week against uh, Atlanta. So, like I said, I, I think I like the under here a little bit uh, in this uh, 49, 49 and a half range. Yeah, your point, the the Patriots defense, the points allowed here by week. Week one was 42, then 20, then 33, then 30. Or no, 33 again. So, you know, three of the first four weeks they gave up over 30 points. And uh, that's when you know, everybody's rightfully so saying how horrible their defense was. In the last three weeks, they've given up 14, 17, and 7, which, you know, a little bit of that is, you know, kind of fluky or, or you know, maybe a little bias on who they're playing and the situations and whatnot. But it's definitely a, a drastic shift when you're going from averaging giving up 30-plus to, you know, averaging giving up whatever, 12 over the last three weeks. So, um, you know, if, if it is a shift, like you said, the people that look at the whole season stats aren't going to give them credit because there's more of those games and the first games were so extreme that there might be a little bit of value on the under. Um, and then also the Chargers, yeah, you mentioned their offense just really hasn't got clicking a whole lot either, um, even though it kind of seems like an offense that should be. But, you know, they scored 21, even though that's all I needed last week, and then 17 the week before that, and then a fluky 27 the week before that against the Giants. So um, neither of these teams are are necessarily... Um, you know, totally, uh, you know, lighten up the scoreboard here or, uh, and the, and the Patriots defense has kind of shirt itself up a little bit. So I, I kind of agree with you there on that under. Now, well, the in terms other, of the side. I'll say real quick know, on that total. And the other key component I think we got to factor in is I think Bill Belichick's, he's actually going to go back and get a few more of them that he got last week. A couple smoke machines. Make sure we can make it real <laughs> tough for that total to get over the second half. Yeah. How crazy was that? It, it looked like they were, uh, you know, just lighting off fireworks nonstop for half an hour there before the game or something. Or they're just brilliant, hot brilliant game plan, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was nuts. But I mean, this is kind of Phil Rivers' range, though. This is where you want him as a dog, especially a a hefty dog. Um, not not saying I love the Chargers here, but it just kind of seems like they play a lot of close games, and this could be the classic case of New England up, you know, fourteen or up ten late, and Rivers gets the ball back with three and a half left, and just has that garbage shot put it down the field. Score with a minute twelve left to get the back door, but really never have a chance to win the game. It kind of seems it has a little bit of a you know a couple hints of that uh, in the air there. Got a couple wafts of that, so that's I, I would kind of lean charges if you make me make a pick, but I I don't think I feel confident enough to put money on either side here. So let's uh, let's see the afternoon games. Looks like we got we got just three again this week, or no? Is it just two? Just two. Oh boy, what a, that's just horrible. So we're gonna have the Vikes early, and then uh, which hopefully won't be that entertaining. Then that group of early games, which is you know mediocre at best, and then we're just gonna have these two afternoon games, huh? That's pretty disappointing Sunday right there. I think the World that's Series there. is on, is what I heard. That's the one I guess positive takeaway. Yeah, I guess still not. You can yeah. add that as a third game. 
Um, so anyway, all right, the first afternoon game we got is Houston at Seattle. At least this is a pretty interesting one. Uh, looks like Seattle's playing five, five and a half at home, the total of 45 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here is Seattle minus four and a half. The Westgate opened Seattle minus five and a half, and the look ahead was Seattle six and a half. And you know, a little bit of money on Seattle right away. A few, see a few sixes, but not 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 much movement at all. And that'd be the way I'd look. I don't really want to lay that many points with Seattle right now. More than a field goal is a little iffy. I think they're. So I mean, a small lean towards Houston at six. I don't think this. I don't really see this number moving a whole lot. But we'll kind of wait and see. But at this, probably be staying away. But we'll see where this number goes. But the one. The one thing, you know, another thing I kind of mentioned earlier about betting that New England game, the side and total in that Sunday night game, I kind of was being a little gun shy and second guessing myself. And here's again, move into Monday or no Sunday night, Monday morning, and I see this total here was sitting at either forty one and a half, forty two, something like that. And uh, I, I was thinking that just seems way too low. But you know, me just being a little gun shy from being, being on a Seattle total the week before, I just you know didn't didn't pull the trigger and then of course you look at it a day later and now it's sitting at 45 and a half 46 so that's a pretty key move and big, probably the biggest movement of anything side or total all week so kicking myself again there that's i didn't see anything really all the whole week the whole card i really didn't see anything that stood out to me except for that game and I mean, maybe one other one that new england game but it's just uh you know kind of frustrating it's uh I had that over last week and i i felt like seattle is going to come out and get their offense kind of going after the bye week and they didn't really do it a whole lot, but then they kind of got it together in the second half, and I feel like that's what's going to be more of this game. That's why I kind of like the over. I think they're going to be because they were being really aggressive. They just weren't really. They had some opportunities, some guys open over the top. They just couldn't quite complete it, but they're pretty close. But I do like. I think, and obviously, Pete Carroll. No matter how much he's up, he's going to keep going, playing aggressive all all through the game. So that always helps for the over as well. So, um, but I mean, now it's getting a little bit too pricey. I think, but I. I don't, that's definitely, I'd still lean to the over, but I'm not, obviously not going to be taking a price. If you're losing three or four points on a total in the NFL, I'm just not going to, you know, not going to be hopping on after that. But I'd have a small lean towards Houston and a very small lean on the over at 45 and a half. Yeah, I was super aggravated. I was on a bet against Seattle last week with the Giants and just got bad Eli. I mean, just basically did nothing and, and looked horrible and he wasn't getting protected either. So it wasn't all his fault, but. Man, that was frustrating. Just, just basically never got going with anything, and uh, I, I still doesn't make me feel a whole lot better about Seattle. I think this team's overvalued. Um, you know, maybe they'll be, the, maybe they'll turn her on, and you know, I'm not saying there's no chance they make a run because they're the type of team that definitely can. But from what we've seen so far, I just haven't been overly impressed with them, and I, they're a team I've, I'm looking to fade actively. Uh, this Houston team's pretty solid, so at first glance. Getting five and a half here doesn't seem like a bad bet, but uh, you know this Seattle just kind of seems like they're they're due for a a good game, you'd think. And if if they can kind of keep the the Houston pass rush in check, which with the Watt injury and the merciless injury, they, you know they might be able to do that. And if they can, you know Wilson's still pretty solid. So and you know and Deshaun Watson going into Seattle for the first time as a rookie, that's no sure thing that he's going to have a great game there. So this is a spot where on first glance I'd love to back Houston, but I just don't think it's really the right time, even though I really want to bet against Seattle. So I think I'll reluctantly be passing this one, and there's a small chance I'll, I'll end up taking Houston anyway, even with the red flags, but more likely than not um, I won't be involved in this one. The other late game we got is da- uh, Dallas at Washington. Looks like Dallas is laying two, two and a half on the road. With a total of fifty and a half or so. Yeah, this one here, um, Washington. I made power rate. And I just put it at a flat three for my power rate. I didn't really know what to make of it, but I knew that was a little too high. Uh, Westgate opened as a pick 'em. The look headline was Washington minus one. And again, it's uh, obviously you have to adjust a little bit. I do like Washington in this spot, uh, in this position here against Dallas coming home. But and I'm really a little bit low on this. I shouldn't say low, but I think this this Dallas team. I don't think it's a good. I think they're kind of getting, kind of get a little bit of their public support back after that performance last week, which I don't. I think they might have been low, maybe a little bit undervalued going into last week, especially after the buy. But now you go into not necessarily in that specific game, but just in, as a as a general power rating in the NFL. But now I think you're kind of getting them back to where they're super high again, where they're going to get upgraded. Because I mean, even this right here, it's getting a two or three point of adjustment, and obviously that's a lot to do with Washington against on Monday night against Philadelphia. So the problem I have with this game is I definitely the spot screams to me Washington getting points here at home with the their defense is pretty pretty shaky. But if you look at Cousins and their offense, they 
you know, definitely can move the ball and score some points. But the problem is, is they just had so many injuries on Monday night. Almost everybody was going down. Their offensive line just decimated. So I would have much rather had the game at like a pick 'em or lane one, which is where it was at before the Monday night game without having the injuries and everything that they took Monday night. So that's kind of annoying because I'd rather get the, I think those few points are pretty, aren't as valuable as the players that they lost. So that's going to push me off the game more than, more than before, if that makes any sense. So I, you know, I still think you have to look at Washington or pass here. I just don't want to lay points here with Dallas on the road, uh, a divisional game in this two, two and a half range, but uh, we'll see if it gets to three, which I think, I think it's probably going to, it's hard to imagine that, especially after Washington, embarrassing lot, not embarrassing, but, getting pretty handled by Philadelphia in a divisional primetime game like that last night. It seems like, you know, the public's going to come in on Dallas. So if you can get a, a Washington three, that'd be the side I'm looking at. But again, I don't really, you know, love it by any means with all the injuries. Yeah, we didn't talk about this game at all before this week, but I, I completely agree with the Washington injury situation. I would have preferred to bet this before that Monday night game with the Washington laying a pointer at pick and preserve their injury situation but now it's just tough and as i know i retweeted earlier um gruden was asked the the washington coach about his o-line injury situation he said right now we have four healthy linemen and six injured linemen and that's all we got on the roster so you know as as you know it takes five uh, linemen there to to feel the line at minimum so i don't know if they're going to be signing somebody or somebody will you know be probable or questionable or whatever that's going to give it a go but tie some people together (laughs) (laughs) yeah billy bob or whatever from uh, varsity blues with some string yeah but uh you know it's it's that's scary when when you're that thin going into a game and as we saw how how many injuries are going on across the league um it's just pretty scary especially at something as important as o-line like i i had washington last night and i had a slim slim hope there they might be able to come through the back door late but Cousins was he was dropping back and he was getting hit before he was even finishing his drop back there in the last drive. So it's just like man, if and the Dallas pass rush looked a little bit better against uh, San Francisco and, and Zeke looked, you know, pretty incredible. Even though I think running backs are overrated, he just he looked pretty spectacular. So it'd be pretty tough for me to get to the window. I think here with Washington, just based on 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 the injuries, more first and foremost, and then. Um, I haven't been high on Dallas, but I, I think they, they do have the potential to play pretty good ball. And I still don't think they're being necessarily priced as some team that's is very good quite yet. So this in this price range, if, if you force me to pick, I think anything under three, I would probably lean Dallas. And then at three, I'd probably flip over and just take the field goal with Washington and hope for the best with the line situation. But that being said, obviously when I'm that wishy-washy on it, uh, this won't be a game. More than likely, I'll have any of my uh, money involved in. Uh, Sunday night game is Pittsburgh at Detroit. Uh, Pittsburgh playing three here on the road with a total of 45. Yeah, let's see here. I, I think I made, I'm trying to look, I can't find it. Yeah, I made a power radiance Pittsburgh minus one and a half. Westgate open Pittsburgh minus three, and the look at it was Pittsburgh minus three. I'm a little surprised here it came in at a full three. I thought it would be a tad lower uh, and more closer to my power rating, one and a half, two, two and a half range, so. Um, that's definitely the side I'm looking at is Detroit. I don't like a whole lot this week, but I think Detroit's the game um, I'll probably have the most confidence in, especially a flat three, which pretty much the market's at right now. So I'm kind of, that's another, one of the few games this week that I got a line watcher on through a own sports with telling me where the movement goes into the books that I have. Uh, so I'll be watching it and see if it, I heard uh, one bookmaker, I think it was at the Golden Nuggets, said that, that if you like Detroit, you should hop on it right away. Uh, there's good, a lot of Detroit money came in on at three, so. I would assume it's going to be getting off of that three before kickoff. So, I, would, like I said, I'm, I'm watching it to make sure it doesn't get any higher than, than three. But I'm assuming it's going to come down. And if that's the case, I'll be probably having a, some money and most likely a play on Detroit and uh, for this thin card that I have so far this week. But And uh, even for the total, sitting 44.5, I see a little bit of money coming on that uh, over a little bit right now. Uh, just a few books popped to 45, and that's I'd have to you know look at that too. I Looks like all the, most of forty four and a halfs are gone, but um, if you could sneak out a forty four and a half or anything, if it goes below that, I think I like the over. Uh, small lean towards that. It just seems like a deal where Detroit coming off the bye, they get a little bit healthier. They're going to be a little bit, you know, have some success on offense. They could do that regardless, even a few weeks ago when they're banged up. And now that they have a week, ten days or whatever to get healthy, I think or not ten, they more more than whatever week and few days to get healthy. I think it's a, a deal where they can come out and 
show up pretty well, you know, kind of like Dallas did last week coming off the bye. And then Pittsburgh, I think their defense is getting a little bit too much credit here. I think it, you know, like last week, they're, you know, defense is definitely good and it's definitely uh, been better, but I don't, I don't think it's as, as good as people are giving them credit for. I think they might come down to earth a little bit here. So I think it'll be more of a higher scoring game. But like I said, I like the, the Detroit side and a little small lean to the over. Yeah, I have no opinion on the side. I've been wanting to fade this Detroit team for a while. I think this is a fairly good spot for them after Pittsburgh looked really impressive in the featured afternoon game. And then they're coming off a bye with extra time to prepare here at home on a primetime game. And, uh, and and then with their, whatever, 3-3 three and three record, this is uh, you know, now a full, whatever, two games back or game and a half back of the, the Vikes. Or no, what would that be? Two, two and a half games back? This is definitely uh, not a must-win for them, but it's kind of a... You know, a season definer in a way, going four and three instead of three and four. I think you're going to get a real good effort from Detroit. It's just a matter of whether it's good enough or not. Um, and I just don't think they're that good of a team. So I think those kind of can't cancel out. And then Pittsburgh's just not really a team I really trust laying points with on the road at this point. And don't think it's really the spot to do it in either. So, uh, side perspective, don't really have an opinion. I agree for the most part with what you're saying about the total. I think the Pittsburgh, like Roethlisberger, looked good for the first time in a long time, I think, last week. And I kind of I have faith that he'll kind of figure it out here as the season goes on. And then uh, I agree that the defense has has played good, but I think they're kind of getting a little bit overvalued. This seems like a game that would be like the 47, 47 and a half range, but they're just giving that Pittsburgh defense a lot of respect. And I do have a lot of – I give Stafford a decent amount of credit for being a pretty solid quarterback, and I think he'll be able to put up uh, you know, a handful of 20 – 21 points, 24 points, somewhere in there regardless. And uh, I think that'll be enough to, to kind of, uh, you know, put uh, put enough points in the, the over basket there from their side of the equation to, to get it over. So I do have a, a lean to the over. I don't know if I'll hit it hard or not, but that's the way I'd look there. In terms of the side, I got no no preference. Real quick here, I just thought it kind of interesting. I was looking at the head-to-head matchups between the two teams here since 2001. To the final scores of these Detroit and uh, Pittsburgh games: fourteen to forty-seven, twenty-one to thirty-five, twenty-eight to twenty, twenty-seven thirty-seven. And the lifetime uh, history is five and one on the over/under. So on the over for the total. So it's just kind of crazy. Kind of, it seems like a type of game where if you had to ask me, it seems like a type of two teams that when they go at it non-division like this, that they kind of both just, you know, it's kind of a shootout type of game. And I didn't really have any stats to back it up, but just looking at that, it kind of makes sense. Just looking at the numbers. Yeah, and you always want to be a little weary of those when you're talking 15 years ago because a lot of times they don't have, you know, there's none of the same players or coaches or anything, so they don't have a ton of impact. But I think it is a very valid point, uh, especially when you're talking about interconference games where, you know, a team like Pittsburgh, yeah, they want to win, but this isn't crucial at all to necessarily winning their division or even like playoff seeding necessarily. So in a game where you're not going to get maximum efforts uh, and they don't know each other that well, you would expect the offenses to have a little bit more success and uh, not be quite as hard fought of a game. So I think that's uh, you know that's a good thing to keep in mind, not only just for this game but just in general. Uh, you know your division, uh, especially your rivals, uh, games are going to be a little bit lower scoring usually, and uh, then your then your conference games, and then lastly, you know the most high scoring are going to be the uh, interconference games, such as this one for the most part. Just kind of a general rule of thumb. Uh, then the Monday night game is Denver at Kansas City. It's like Kansas City's laying seven, seven and a half with a total of 43 or so. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City minus six and a half. The Westgate open, Kansas City minus seven. And the look at I don't have any line on here. I don't know if they didn't have it up or if I just forgot it. But either way, I would assume it's got to be right in that range. or Probably a little bit lower, I would assume, than that. But um this Denver team, I don't know. Yeah, we already mentioned at the start of the show, but how frustrating were they last week? I, I told you at the before we started the pod, but I just felt pretty confident all week with that Denver side. Uh, the money line I released, I got a pl- plus money price of the money line. Of course, they closed at about, if you got them on the money line, it'd be about the minus 110, minus 115. So you got 20, 30 cents of value from what I released it at. And I liked it all week long and didn't really go back on it. But as soon as the kickoff, they just looked dead as could be. And it's just... Uh, Simeon, I thought, I at the start of the season, I was like, oh, I kind of was a little low on Simeon. He looks pretty impressive, pretty good. And then they went to the bye, or maybe a week before that, and they just he just is completely a different quarterback. And granted, I mean, it's a lot to do with the line too, but I, 
in this case, I think it's a lot to do with Simeon as well. He just looks uncomfortable. He doesn't look, he just doesn't really, you know, looks like a, a ghost back there. Like he's just, uh, you know, scared to do anything and doesn't look downfield. And it's just, I don't know. It might be just being a young quarterback, but I just don't have any faith that he's going to turn around. It's basically a type of deal. Okay. I put some money on him last week. That was two weeks in a row. He looked really bad. And now it's the type of deal. Okay. You got, now you got to show me before I'm going to start backing you again. And I, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm not going to be putting any more money on Denver, uh, right now. And even though they're getting the, all the points here, seven, seven and a half points, it's a lot, but with a good defense, but with Kansas City, they're in a pretty good spot here too, coming home. Uh, they got, you know, a chip on their shoulder as well. They've lost the last two games and they want to win and they're coming off extra rest too with that Thursday night football game. So, and Andy Reid with extra time to prepare has always been good historically, especially uh, if you talk about the regular season. So, I don't really want to be fading that trend, and especially with a quarterback that just looks really off right now. So, I mean, I don't want to be laying this many points. I mean, it's Denver or nothing, but I just can't, you know, I'm not going to be doing it and not be getting to the window. I think side in total, it's pretty, pretty on right here for the most part of this Monday night football game. Yeah, it's, it, how tempting is it to just not tease Kansas City up and down the board and say, all right, Trevor beat me in, in Arrowhead in a primetime game. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it'd be Trevor. I think it'd be the defense. So they have to get some turnovers and basically just stop them. But it's hard to imagine with this KC offense. They've been they've definitely you know been create, more creative than we gave them credit for at the start of the year, and they've been decently impressive, so it'll be interesting. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd have to be a real fluky game or something crazy or, you know, or Simeon looking a lot better than he has. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and the, I think like this line just seems like you, you almost kind of want to make the case for Denver saying in a division game like this, catching, you can get a seven and a half at a lot of places. It just seems like a lot of points for a primetime game with a good defense in a division game like this. Kansas City, um, hasn't looked quite as good the last couple of weeks and Denver coming off a blowout loss that looked lifeless, but. My my counter argument to that is that's the basically the argument you could have made for Denver last week, <laughs> other than the primetime game. I mean, they came off that blowout to the Giants where they just looked hor- like as bad as you possibly could on primetime. So they should, by all rights, you know, by all means, you know, they should have had that bounce back last week and just obviously didn't have it at all. So now you just got to wonder whether it's something deeper than that or whether it was just a two week flat spot or, you know, it's just kind of hard to, hard to figure out exactly what to make of this Denver team at this point. And I think Kansas city, we, we have a pretty good understanding that they're an above average team. They're not incapable of losing and they can light it up at times and their defense plays pretty solid for the most part. But, um, it's just, I think the Denver side of the equation at this point is just kind of a big unknown. And I don't really feel confident enough, uh, to necessarily jump in on them either side. I said the way I would do it, even though I was kind of joking, is uh, I'd still be pretty tempted to tease Kansas City because it's just hard for me to imagine them losing this game at Arrowhead. Um, but obviously nothing's a sure thing, and I don't know exactly even who I would pair them up with necessarily. But if I were going to play this game, I think that's the way I would ultimately be doing it. Pair them up with New Orleans and eight and a half's out there. Tease them down, two and a half. Yeah. That's fairly tempting. It really would have been nice to tease them with uh, the Vikings that opened down to one and a half or two before they got up above three there. But anyway, um, so all right. Uh, now that's uh, that's all the games here for, for week eight. Uh, so let's head on over and do our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. So we both went down last week. I had the Giants and Bad Eli, which was looking okay there for a bit, even though they were getting outplayed in the box score. And then uh, that kind of fell apart. And then, of course, they had the Pete Carroll uh, whatever flea flicker, Hail Mary, the simultaneous possession in the end zone that really sealed it. Typical Seahawks type play. And then, uh, looks, and you had, uh, Denver, right? Yep. So, yeah, we already talked about that a few times. Um, so even though we both lost, uh, you were up first last week, and that brings your record to, what, two and five, and I'm two, four and one. So this is kind of polar opposite of last year where I won, you know, ten games in a row, and then you were doing pretty good there at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back to there here, but this is a little, kind of a new territory for us struggling like this here week after week. But what, uh, what are you looking at? Yeah, it's, it's just frustrating because I, I feel like I'm seeing everything pretty clearly, and that's obviously reflected just in the market, you know, beating the closing line value, but just the results aren't turning there. But it's, you know, I kind of already dealt, dealt, dug myself a pretty big hole this season, down quite a, quite a few units, I think about eight, nine units. And then, yeah, the pick of the week's here, not doing so hot. So 
just try to slowly climb back out and work on getting back to even, and then we'll talk about making some money. But yeah, for this week, uh, kind of already mentioned a few times, just don't really like a whole lot on this card. It's a pretty tough card, I think. Nothing really pops out at me. Power ratings weren't a whole lot, weren't really off, and if they were off, it's just one of those deals where it's just really high point spread and teams I don't really want to be backing right now. So I don't know, I think I'm going to, between two plays, I think I'll probably just go widely available, best of the number right now. I think, uh, like I said, I think it's coming down. So I'll be taking Detroit plus three at home uh, against Pittsburgh there. And just uh, coming off the bye in a good spot, I think. So hopefully they can keep it together and take care of that Pittsburgh team at home. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is just kind of a, a thin card, I think, in general. There's as, as where I had eight plays last week. I'd be surprised if I have any more than two or three this week. Unless some stuff changes quite a bit here. It's just a lot of unattractive games. Some big prices where you don't really want to lay the favorite, but you also don't have any faith in the dog. Um, I think I'm going to end up taking what I think is just a better team getting points here and what's not a t- too bad of a spot. I'm going to take Carolina. I think getting the two at Tampa Bay. That'll be my pick of the week. So hopefully we can get on a run here as a collective and, and get back at her. But uh, that being said, you got any final thoughts here for uh, this week, Rob? No, not much. Just watching the rest of the World Series here, the first game one, and yeah, hopefully we can get back on track here. Like I said, beating the number and everything for the most part. Just got to hopefully let it turn out we get some winners, but keep grinding away and stick with us, and I'm sure it'll turn around here. So I just can't get discouraged is the biggest key, I think, and stay with it. You got any action on the World Series? Are you rooting for either side? or? Yeah, I'm on Houston. I got a pretty good number at close. I got them at plus 175. I got a little bit of Dodgers money came in late, so I was kind of waiting right before, about a minute before the first pitch. I got 175 at uh, the Coast Casino in here in Vegas, but it doesn't look too good right now. But again, you know, kind of the, the theme of the last month or so here, just getting pretty good numbers and value, but not really working out. So, Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on Houston. Um, it looks like they're probably going to drop game one here. It's, it's in the seventh, so down 0-1, but against Kershaw, you know, it's kind of expected on some level. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the series plays out, but, uh, you know, so go Houston in there. And uh, good luck to you on uh, your pick of the week and the rest of your bets here in week eight. And as always, we'll talk to you next week and, and break her all down and hopefully have some, some good news to come back with. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.